The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Now, I had the pleasure of playing the golf course the other day, and let me tell you, it was glorious. What a feeling. Oh, what a feeling. What a rush. rush. Nestled between Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo on the Niagara Escarpment, Crosswinds offers million-dollar views, fabulous golf, the nicest people, really, excellent customer service, and a great place to have your next event when things open up fully and completely. Thank you, Tragic DM. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time right there. Get out and enjoy yourself. You deserve it. Really. It's the best thing for your physical and mental health. Hope to see you at Crosswinds soon, and make sure you tell them that Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, let's begin the podcast. Live from Toronto, it's Hebsey on Sports episode number 234. Hi there. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Mark Hebsher, your host, along with uh, Toronto Mike on a busy Friday morning. And it looks like my prediction of Leafs in six will come true. I was a little worried last night that the Leafs would win it and it would be five and then you'd be giving me a hard time, but now it's going to be six tomorrow in Montreal in front of fans. 2,500 in a place that holds like 21,000, I think, is the capacity in Montreal. All right? But you know what's going to... But they're going to sound like 25,000 fans. (laughs) Of course they are and the Leafs are going to win. Now, Matthews and Marner, I'm going to get into these two. Because they deserve it. They're making the big bucks. They got to step it up. So uh, I'll have a few things to say about those two guys who are going to lead the Leafs to victory uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Plus some critical commentary surrounding the television broadcast themselves. Whatever happened to Hockey Night in Canada? Whatever happened to controversy? Whatever happened to debate? Sandpaper. Yeah. And uh, come on. Some like biting commentary. Like back and forth stuff. Satellite hot stove, you know, even the Cherry McLean battles over certain issues were, you know, compelling. I'm getting into that now. It's vanilla. What's going on? Speaking of vanilla, Wayne Gretzky is going to be an analyst, (laughs) but maybe he won't be vanilla. Maybe he won't be as bad as people think. The man does have a sense of humor. The man can tell stories. He is the great Gretzky. I don't think they're going to set him up to fail. I I just don't. Alec Manoa. Superstar of the future? Maybe. But but I think his mother really is going to be the superstar. I mean, this woman is fantastic. Okay? Hey, Alec, your mom was on TV. Like, I had the over-under at 11 and a half per inning. They must have shown her 25 times. <laughs> she was great. She was a superstar. And the Sun did pretty well, too, against the Bronx Bombers as the Jays split. We got NBA playoffs. We got golf. Naomi Osaka refuses to do media at the French Open. She says, I'll pay the fine. I just don't want to answer stupid questions. And I'm not going to talk to anyone who will negatively affect my mental health. Really? Playing Serena won't affect your mental health? But answering questions to reporters will? Really? Really? We'll get into that. Also, Bianca Andreescu, is she hurt today? What day is it? What out? Flip a coin. She withdraws from one tournament from injury. She's entered in the French Open. Like at the same time. Like, admits that she withdrew from the quarterfinal because she wants to be ready for the French Open. Why enter the tournament in the first place? All right, don't get me started. But let's get started with the story of Toronto Mike and his experience with the Lawnmower 4.0. Mike, 85% of partners prefer a man that is well-groomed below the border. Does your lovely wife, 
<laughs> fall into that 85% category. I should put her on the, the second mic over here. Let's get her. No, 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 uh, Monica, listen. I, mean, you, <laughs> I will tell you this. Can she talk some sports? <laughs> a little bit. She was. She watched a little bit last night with James and I. Right. I will say that um, my balls have thanked me. Uh, feels good. You know, I bike every day, so that that feels better on the seat. Uh, basically, this lawnmower 4.0. I just want to say, like, as a, as an appliance, it's it's pretty awesome. Like, it's even got that that light. Like you. <laughs> right. It's got the this awesome little light thing. You can thing. see where you're going. Yeah. So like just strictly as a as a as a oh, this is I don't unit and when I say unit I mean the appliance. Oh Mike, itself. you can say the word for crying out loud. You can say balls. Okay? Yeah, That's but I'm what talking they are, about balls. Say I'm it. talking about oh, this the unit. unit, the actual oh, the unit. Shape of it. Like the actual unit itself is actually pretty awesome. Like so so uh like as a as a piece of hardware goes, the lawnmower 4.0 is pretty spectacular. So yeah, I've used it. My balls have thanked me. Things feel very good. Uh, the box, my, my 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 teenage daughter thought the box was amazing, and she was like jealous of the box. So, the uh, yeah, and jealous the, of the and, box. Yeah, she said the box was like the whole. I guess that's a big deal now to the. Um, All right. Well, she's not millennial. She's younger. So than with that, that testimonial, like yeah, folks, go ahead. Here's a chance to help the podcast out. All right, really, it's a great product. I use it as well, and I have been you know grooming south of the border for many many years. And if you're not or you know someone who isn't, well, you got to get them this. Or get it for yourself. And and you got a chance to help me out too. Do me the favor. Go right. to manscaped.com. All right, check out the Lawnmower 4.0. Check out their other great products. And you get 20% off your order and free shipping if you use the promo code HEBSY on checkout. And also with SY. So Hebsy, H E B S Y, use that to support the show. And I just want to say like some some simple things that are amazing. Like the fact it's waterproof so you can like do this in the shower, which is awesome. The the whole charging mechanism, like the wireless charging and how long it holds a charge. Like as a piece of hardware goes, as an right. appliance goes, this is pretty awesome uh, stuff. So All right. Let's do a shout out to Mike Lynch who last on our last podcast when we first announced it was like the first one in. He was the first one to use the promo code Hebsy to get 20% All off. Right. Sent me a, he sent me a message, you know, I'm in. And like, you know, I think he, I think he sent a copy of like the, the, the receipt or something okay, well, like that. Like, you know, I'm the first one. Hebsy. I got my 20% off. So that's great. So listen, so yeah, it's a great Father's Day gift. 20% off if you use the promo code Hebsy and free shipping as well at manscaped.com. So let us know if you do the same and uh, we'll shout you out. We love to hear all this. This is great support. I just want to just quickly shout out some people on your YouTube page, Hebsy. It doesn't uh, have to be quickly. Quick. Okay, well, Dan. I want the pace of the show to be, it doesn't, this rush, rush right, I'll thing, do it very Mike. slowly. I'll you do it very get slowly. On, when you go for a bike ride, are you in a hurry? Uh, no, but I like to, I like to go hard, go, go big or go home. So okay, let's go hard then. Let's Daniel, hard. Daniel Finkler. Good morning to Daniel Finkler. Good morning to Mike Kerr. Good morning to Steve Green. Dr. Hockey. Can't wait to hear us, us talk about the Sportsnet panel because it's putting him to sleep. Moose Grumpy. Good morning, Moose Grumpy. Jim, Jim Rogers. I almost said Jim Richards. Jim Rogers. I bet says, you Jim Richards watches. <laughs> probably. Well, he might be sleeping right now. Doesn't he do the all-nighter? Maybe yeah, he's right. coming home. Are so, you still up? Maybe. So Jim Rogers also can't wait to talk about the Sportsnet intermission. He says it's brutal. Uh, oh, Jim Boko uh, wants us to go live after every Leaf game. I would consider going live after every Leaf win. I don't want to go live. I didn't want to go live last night. Uh, oh, it's you. What about me? <laughs> well, don't I count? Can you go? Can you go live without me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Jeffrey says good morning and uh, Gordon Enright says good morning and 
hello to everybody watching live. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. Keep watching. And, and th thanks for that. You know, just the fact that uh, that they've mentioned that they want me to talk about the Sportsnet panel, we might have to move it up on the show because right. it was a big topic of conversation in my house yesterday. Well, I really also was. hope you'll address the uh, Ron McLean controversy, if you don't mind. Sure, like, I'd love to hear your take on that. that. All right. But let's get into, really, yeah. the big event of last night. And that would be, and it doesn't matter what the sport is. You know this. If, you, if your best players aren't performing to the level of which they're being compensated for, or where the statistics bear it out, your chances of winning are pretty slim. So how are the Maple Leafs leading the Montreal Canadiens in the series three games to two when Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, the highest paid and highest scoring players in, in almost the entire NHL, are doing nothing. If I told you that with John Tavares out and Nick Foligno out and Austin Matthews doing nothing and Mitch Marner doing nothing, that this team would be leading the Habs three games to two, you'd say, no way. How could that be? It's not possible. If I told you that Montreal's defense had zero points, none, zero, zero, yet they're still down three games to two, you'd say, what, what's going on? So it's about time that Mr. Matthews and Mr. Marner get their shit together just in time for game six to make my prediction come true and shut the Montreal fans up once and for all. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if this game, if it comes back to Toronto for game seven, anything can happen. And the more you don't want to talk about the ghosts of the past, the more those ghosts will rise up like Lazarus from the ashes. I'm telling you, you do not want a game seven in front of no fans in Toronto with Carey Price between the pipes. You saw what he did last night when he had to. The big say, I know the, I know the Leafs came back from three down. Three. I, I know I was there. But man, you got to get production out of your best players. And by the way, Mike and listeners, tell me if I'm out of my mind. Jack Campbell didn't play his best game. Fine. Would you rather have arrested sharp Jack Campbell in net in a clincher, a chance to eliminate the opponent, or would you rather have a maybe slightly tired Jack Campbell in net for a sixth Why game and maybe they lose that and now, oh, shit, you're going back for game seven and he's tired. So my suggestion is start Freddie Anderson in Montreal. Give him the job. Let Jack Campbell rest. If Freddie loses that game, you come right back with arrested Jack Campbell for game seven. He's rested, he's sharp, he's ready. But if he plays tomorrow and they lose and you have to go back to him for game seven, the guy, he could be a, a puddle of sweat. He could be a bundle of nerves. He's not used to playing this many games in a short period of time in the playoffs. It's his first playoff. Am I nuts to think that Freddie Anderson, roll the dice. You can afford to lose in Montreal, Hebsy. but have your best goalie at his best for game seven. Interesting conversation, except if Sheldon Keefe actually did that, I think we'd all go haywire because I think I don't think you change horses. Not at if this they point. win. Not if Matthews and Marner <laughs> play their best and Freddie plays a decent game and they beat him five three. Okay, so a Freddie Anderson plays game six, Leafs win, right. and then Anderson's got game one in round two. Sure. If he plays well, absolutely. 
Now, you got to go with your hot goalie, okay? <laughs> Campbell was hot for three games. They won three games in a row. Campbell was not hot last night. He wasn't. And so if there's any doubt in his mind, especially with the fans chanting Campbell or whatever they're going to do, and he's not used to this. Now you're in the playoffs with a f- crowd there, and, and he, lets, he lets in a bad goal. Montreal wins. Now what do you do for game seven? Mike, you're coming back to game seven. You're going to put Campbell back in goal? You have to, don't you? Of course, yes, yes. What do you mean, of course? Well, no, no, no. You play. You have I to, think. Let's say he plays like shit. Let's no. say he gets yanked for Freddie Anderson. Then what do you do in Game Seven? Okay, well, that, then that's a conversation. But at this point, <laughs> as we speak now, after that just overtime loss last night, I'm just saying, which Campbell, how could he give up just that, t- that two on zero rush? Come on, just the, saying, uh, you've got two chances to eliminate Montreal. Do you want to do it with your? Best goalie, fresh and ready to okay, go. Okay, so I feel, as a fan watching on TV, I'm feeling far more confident and comfortable with Jack Campbell between the pipes. Okay. Uh, I don't. I would. I think I'd go ape shit if I heard uh, they were he was changing it up and Anderson was starting Game Six. I think okay. I'd go ape shit. And and what if he gets beat? We'll cross that bridge when we find it. I guess we're going to uh, see what happens in game six. But, uh, you know, if he gets hammered in you game better six. better hope that they win it in game six. I do. Because if it's a game seven and you've got a weary Jack Campbell playing his seventh game in whatever it is, 11 nights, <laughs> having not gone through this before, big pressure. Because you're going to gonna blow a 3-1 series lead? I can't. At home? With no fans there? With Jack <laughs> Campbell playing his seventh straight game against the great Carey Price? who, by the way, is totally in the heads of Marner and Matthews. Totally in their heads. Never well, seen he, them hesitate so much. He's, he's not in Nylander's head. Like, uh, oh, sure, he isn't, eh? Well, he is I, all, so, all right I know now is he is. Nylander, oh, every time he he's on the freaking ice, it, 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 there's, there seems to be a, a scoring opportunity to follow. I think that's several have actually the, uh, gone. Four goals in four games was lovely and all that, but, but boy. Well, he looked good last night. He did look good, but, Had a couple but Price of apples. looked better. Price looked better. Okay, so even Jake even, Muzzin looked better than any. <laughs> that's Toronto. right. I mean, come on. The first ever uh, two goal playoff game, by the way. And that giveaway by Galchenyuk, ask any Habs fan. He did it many times while he was with Montreal. <laughs> that's why they got rid of him. Okay, he's a hero one night and he's a goat the next. I mean, that not only was that a horrible pass in right. overtime, it was a horrible pinch and everything about it. Right. But for a two man breakaway? Right. I mean, right. I thought that Mark Messier's pass to Theron Fleury in overtime in that Edmonton Calgary series. I thought that was bad. Clear-cut yeah, breakaway, yeah, yeah. Fleury scores, does the right. dance. Right. But this this was a, a blind pass for a two-man breakaway. And you got Kelly Rudy for crying outside. Well, you know, if I'm Campbell, I go this. Oh, come on. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get into that. I will say the Leafs. I'm telling you. I think that's a that terrible idea to, to change up your goalie at this point. I, I think Campbell for sure. I'm just telling you right now that <laughs> if it comes to a game seven, yeah. and I got a weary Jack Campbell, Against Carey Price, I'll go with Carey Price anytime. Yeah, sure, but sure, Carey Price better than Jack Campbell. I don't think there's any argument there, but the team in front of these goaltenders, uh, Leafs are far superior. So you, you've already Sandy. addressed the fact. You've Okay, but he won't play game six. Like, they'll take him. I think Dermot or whatever, uh, he's coming out game six. But I will just say that uh, you've addressed the big problem, which is that when Marner's on the ice, I'm wishing he was Nylander. What's that about? Like, that's a, that's a, that's a playoff thing. I mean, Marner and Matthews need to step up and finish this in six. So we don't like have Hyman to. has been the best player on that line. He gets all the chances. Right, right. He can't beat Carey Price. No, he's got hands. It's to, to barely touch the. You saw the goal that he scored, right? So, so, I mean, but every chance that he got, breakaways, he's had breakaways, nothing. He's not going to beat Carey Price. I'm just going to tell you this, not in the conventional way. 
you know, a tip right. puck or whatever. Marner is afraid to shoot at him. He's hesitated more than right. anyone I've seen. I don't know what's going on there. Right. And Matthews, as big a guy as he is, mm-hmm. is, is flopping all over the place. He's all over the place there. And I don't know how many touches he had last night, Mike, but it wasn't many. Agreed. No, Matthews yeah. and Marner and need they're getting to, uh, beaten up, up in their own zone. Every time they come out of their own zone, they're getting hit. Corey Perry is hitting guys. Okay. That guy's a menace to the Leafs. Whew. It's funny how things change. Eh? We, cause you know, we were down three, nothing. And then I, I felt very confident going in that third period, which is strange. We were down by two goals. I think it was I did three, too. One. Oh, I, I knew that. And I said to James, I said, capable of it. I knew that I said, we're coming but. back and it just started happening, happening. And then going into OT, I'm like, okay, let's, let's finish it now. I, I, we, we, we make our predictions. Who's going to get the winner. And then yeah, two on O and very quickly that thing ends. It's funny how that changes instead of us right now, I'd be wearing my leaf Jersey. We'd be like, we'd have our chests out or whatever. And now you're making goalie changes out of desperation. Like this is all changed. No, 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 no. This is not of desperation. I believe that a fresh Freddie Anderson who wants to prove himself, who's been in the playoffs before. Okay. You know, has as good a shot of winning game six as a fresh Jack Campbell does in game seven, not a weary Jack Campbell. Who's now coming back on. Oh shit. We were up three, one. It's now three, three. Yup. You said yourself, anything can happen in a game seven. We've seen this movie before. We can't. We we got to finish this in six, which means I'm you got to you got to put Campbell between the pipes. Carey Price is getting better, while the Leaf goaltending isn't getting better. And I'm just telling you that if I had my druthers and you told me, do I want Jack Campbell in Game Seven, tired, weary, or do I want Jack Campbell fresh? If there's a Game Seven, <laughs> I'll roll the dice. Go with Freddie. Anderson. Okay, because John, go ahead. What? Oh, John Marshall live in the chat just points out that Anderson has never won a clutch playoff game. Well, it's about time because neither is Jack <laughs> Campbell. Because neither is Jack Campbell. <laughs> and Carey Price has won many. Even Denny Dubois, who I bet you is a Habs fan, I can tell by the name. He's from is, North Bay. Is he? Denny Dubois? Oh, gosh. I had him in the Quebec City there. Uh, Cam- <laughs> is that, no. Is, <laughs> that's okay. Is that, is that, it's okay, right? Uh, Campbell, he says, is fine. Uh, Freddie hasn't won a series in the playoffs in the last few years. And then Gordon Enright and everybody's chiming in and saying, uh, do not change the goalie at this point. They're kind of mad at you here. Okay. <laughs> but we can't. I will say. I'm saying it wouldn't hurt you. It would also give John Tavares and Nick Foligno an extra couple of days to, if they need them for game seven. And in game seven, you pull out all the stops. Well, nobody let's wants a game it. seven. Come on. Let's, say, let's face it. Would a game seven not be fantastic for for sports? Net, but hang maybe, on, not hang for on, my heart. hang on. You could do in game seven. Ontario will allow it. You can have outdoor gatherings. You can pack Maple Leafs. You won't be able to go inside, but there will be outdoor activities available. The, the cops aren't going to break people up for game seven. Let's have a game sure seven. Yeah, put Freddie Anderson in tomorrow. What the hell? Come on. All right. Okay, uh, let's talk about this Sportsnet panel. I see Gene just chimed in. He says it's terrible. What's your take on it? No, no, what do you people... I want to hear what you guys think. Go ahead. (laughs) What do you think? You've been watching, Um, Mike. Okay, what it it has become is... Okay, I'll be very honest. Uh, It's boring. Be brutally honest. No, it's boring. It's it's boring (laughs) for many of the reasons you said off the top. There's no sandpaper anymore. Like there's, it's 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 some well-spoken hockey smart people. No controversy. Just, there's no there's no nobody taking shots at the NHL. Nobody taking shots at the referees. Nobody going back and forth when it comes to the John Tavares injury. Who was right? Who was wrong? All that. None of it. 
So I'll like say nobody's this. Nobody's taking sides. I'll say this. Don Cherry is problematic for a variety of obvious reasons. And prob- yeah. but, 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 but if, this, uh, if that game six was happening 10 years ago, let's say, I can tell you after that first period, we'd all be in front of that TV to hear what Don has to say. He'll break down that and other events in the, in the playoffs. And it would be something like, I would call it something, ready for this word, I would say it would be interesting. You know what I like, Hebsey? I like interesting. Yeah. Don't bore me. Tell, tell me what you really think, even if it's brutally, hopefully if it's brutally honest, and be as enthusiastic either way. Like enthusiastically you are for this or enthusiastically you are against this. Be interesting. But don't give me vanilla. Right. And please, and I've never met the woman before, but Jennifer Botterill adds nothing to the broadcast. Not because she's a woman, because she's dull. And she's telling me something I don't know. Three times she used a Nick Suzuki highlight where he tips the puck out of midair that's headed uh, towards a Leaf player who's going to tap it in. She shows it. a So I'm thinking, and and you see, it's so formulaic, Mike. Ron McLean does his thing. And then um, Kelly, Jack Campbell. And then Kelly goes on about Jack Campbell. And finally shows a highlight. Okay, that's good. That's interesting, right? Kevin Bieksa. Kevin, da 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 da. Um, and he might be Rasmussen. their best guy, by the way. I think Bieksa might be by the mo- most entertaining I guy. I learn stuff from Kevin Bieksa. I learn it. But also the way the way he approaches things is, yeah, I'm a former player, and I don't mind telling you this is what goes on, and here's the whatever. But also he's got a sense of humor. Right. He's not right. so serious, right? Now, Botterill. X's and O's. Jennifer Botterill is X's and O's. And, yes. I, and she's not telling me anything I don't know. She says something like, um, and this is what speed will do for you. Yeah, no kidding. But the worst part of it is, Mike. Yes. They're showing me highlights of something I just saw. And they're telling me things that the commentators either told me or I figured it out for myself because I know my hockey. But what they haven't told me is how they really feel about that guy's performance or the lack of, of hitting or this is going to be a problem or that's, or what you said was wrong, or I disagree stuff like that. That's what a hockey fan wants to hear. The intermissions have become getting it. The intermissions have become the time you take your break from the television. <laughs> like, so I watch the game. I'm there for every minute of the game, every leaf playoff game so far. I've caught every minute, right. but I've caught like so little. I watched a little last night with my boy, but very little intermission because it's so sleepy and predictable and safe and civil. Predictable. And again, as a guy who's, you know, I create some content and I, basically I think my enemy is uh, boring. Just be interesting. Be interesting. They're, yeah, they're not. The other thing is there's just way too many elements. I mean, to me, the top people on that panel are Bieksa and Elliot Friedman. And Elliot Friedman is so underused because they have two different panels. One, at least last night, was Ron McLean, Jennifer Botterill, Kevin Bieksa, Kelly Rudy. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is once they've done their thing as the main panel, Ron says, David Amber. David says, hi, I'm here with Anthony Stewart and Elliot Friedman. And Anthony does his thing. And by the way, Anthony Stewart is much improved. Much improved because he's himself. He's not trying to be someone else. He's not trying to come up with the cool cliche. He's being himself, man, and he's good. The tarp's off, right? He's much improved. And so, you know, that's seven. So that's seven people right there. That I've on panel of four, and now now um, Amber with Anthony Stewart and Elliot, and they everybody gets like forty five seconds, boom 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 boom, 
And then maybe it's back to Ron and, and some pre pre-produced feature or cause you can't, there's no player interviews. There's none of that stuff, right? But there's also no point counterpoint. There's no back and forth. There's no, yeah. Yeah. Ron and Don Brian Burke, Right. As bad as I, I right. thought he was, give me somebody with right. some sandpaper. I know. Give me Doug McClain. Give me Nick Kiprios. Give me somebody that's not afraid to like that. But where's Glenn Healy even, when you need him? Way, yeah, where's Glenn Healy? Where when was you Cassie need him? Campbell last night? Where's Jeff Merrick? Where's Sean McKenzie? Chris Johnston is on, but he's not on. Kyle, Buc- see, so there's just way too many people. Whereas it used to be Bob Cole, Harry Neal. Ron McLean, Don Cherry, Scott Oak, or Scott Russell Rinkside. Right. Thank you very much. Right. Right. Hey, let and, me. And yeah. second period intermission, satellite hot stove, Al Strachan, um, Farber, uh, Eric Tahachik, John Davidson. Bang, bang, back and forth. Let's see what's going on. What do you think of that? What do you think? What do you think? Now, vanilla. Right. I know. Absolutely. And I mean, Brian Gerstein says beyond boring. Uh, we got Andrew Ward, who says it's too civil. Uh, Gene Valaitis is saying it's it's no TNT basketball panel, and that's a great oh, that's sure. your and gold that's standard. <laughs> Go Gretzky signs for three million a year, and I told you, Mike, a long time ago before he ever signed, that they know how to do it in the states. Okay. Get the big person, get the big name, the most famous you, hockey player think, in the country. How do you think? Los Angeles fell in love with hockey. They got Gretzky. Oh, they liked hockey, but they liked it. Some of them did. We had Marcel Dion for a while, whatever. But when they got Gretzky, boom. That brought out Mary Hart. You think Turner is going to hire this guy and then let him hang hang him out to dry? They're going to make it so he's going to be so good and he's going to be surrounded by so many good people that it can't help but be successful for their coverage of hockey. You're going to spend that kind of money. Right. Okay. You're going to get the best. And and I don't know how great Shaq was, you know, in a panel situation, but but they went, we got to get Shaq. I don't know how much work they did behind the scenes before they ever went to air. The, you know, what kind of chemistry did he have with Kenny, with Chuck, with Ernie? But let me tell you, they are not setting Gretzky up to fail. Right. They're going to have Kevin Bieksa or Eddie Olchuk, or uh, you know, they're going to have people around him. And by the way, mm-hmm. um, the fact that they've already hired Leah Hextall, who's going to do games on ESPN, there the female element is going to be uh, is going to be um, part of that, and and so is the the um, uh, non-white. I right. believe someone like a, an Anson Carter, who is excellent, mm-hmm. uh, would be perfect for that panel. You got to be able to be loose with Gretzky, but you also got to be able to let him do his thing, which is he's a good storyteller, right? And he's not going to be cutting guys up. He's not going to be saying, well, that guy over there is a jerk. He's not going to do that. But at the same time, he's not going to ignore what he thinks is bad for hockey or what the league isn't doing. Pro- you think he's got a problem with the league. They're going to go away and he can't say anything bad about Gary Bettman in the NHL. Ah! Okay. If he wants to say they're a Mickey Mouse organization, he's going to say they're a Mickey Mouse organization. Right. If he's going to tear a strip off of somebody like he did at the Olympics that year, He's going to do it. Yeah, he was hot. Right? If he's going to say, hey, the heck with all of you, or he's going to get mad at people like Bob. Remember the time that Bob McKenzie, when he was writing for the Star, wrote that Gretzky was playing like he had a piano on his back? Yes. Yes, I do. And that was great because Gretzky just responded with two of the greatest games he ever played (laughs) and never said a word. Just, you know, let his play do the talking. And I think he's going to be just fine. 
good because I would hate to see the great one uh, fail at this. So I'm hoping he succeeds. Not fail at it. <laughs> By the way, just shout out to John, who this is never, ever going to happen. But he says, bring back Al Strachan and Donald Stewart Cherry. So uh, those are the kind of sandpaper guys that we're used to or seeing somebody on like that. Canada. Somebody that's got an opinion right. and is not yeah. afraid. Well, to those guys aren't coming back. <laughs> or take the contrarian position. Right. And it doesn't have to be with Ron McClain. It can be with anybody. Right. But it can't, it's, it can't keep being this. You know, oh, 45 seconds for you. Now, 45. What if what if Jennifer Botterill said something and Kevin BX said, oh, hey, hey, wait, wait a second, Jen. Just a minute. You're 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 wrong with that. Right. Or Rudy jumped in by saying, hey, listen, uh, you know, Kevin, do, Hebsy, do I you know think, you play in the NHL, but do you think it's a fact they're a not take. in the same room? Do you think that's because, you know, BX is at yes, home or whatever. And it's really difficult. It. I notice as really a, difficult. in my I, podcast, it's easier to do all that overlap back and forth yeah. when you're looking each other in the eye in person on the mics and they're not. But again, you've had a year and a half to figure something out. Yeah. But yeah. if it's that scripted because you're that worried that someone's going to step on someone else or the technology is not there because you can't see the person that you can't read it and it's all laid out in front of you. Cause it's, it's almost like, like I know what's going on there. Cause I've been in live television. And right. So while one is talking, the director or the producer is in the ear of the others mm -hmm. going, all right, Jennifer, you're oh, next. As soon as he finishes, you jump in Ron. You don't have to jump in here to introduce her. Okay. You jump. And then Kevin, as soon as Jennifer's finished, you jump in. Right. And you do your 45 seconds. Right. We're going right. to show this. We're going to go back to Ron. Ron's going to throw it to David Amber. Mm -hmm. David's first question is to Anthony. We've got B-roll set up for Anthony. He's going to talk about Marner. And then we're going to go to Elliot. And his pre-roll is Jack Campbell. And he's going to talk about that. Right. Then we're going to come back to Ron. He's going to rap. He's going to throw to Tara Sloan. Who's going to talk about this? Then we're going to break. Right. All set up. Right. Right. So it's a so COVID nobody thing. can interrupt. Like Kevin can't jump in and go, wait, wait, wait. I got to say something because I disagree. Right. right. It's too formulaic. Okay. No, that totally. And I just want to, uh, yeah, who, what was I going to sh shout out here? But uh, just uh, Chris F. Grave, I want to shout him out. He's, he's here. Thank you, Chris. And uh, Paul Hawkyard has joined us, and he says, uh, he says watching intermission is boring. Right. Well, this isn't boring, okay? And here's the other thing. It used to be, and remember, hockey is the only sport that's got two intermissions. Everything else is halftime. Right, right. Or between innings, a minute and a half, two minutes. Run, for, run to the bathroom. But hockey's got two of them. Two. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, and But, you know, we're used to seeing Don Cherry's coach's corner in that first one. So that was always, at least for me growing up and, uh, well, growing up, well, well into my do, adulthood. Why not do seven <laughs> minutes of, get four people out there, Yeah. right? Point, counterpoint, whatever. You, 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 and you. And let's throw it open, right? Topic number one. And whatever it is, come up with something that happened in that period or something that's going on. It doesn't have to be a recap of the period that I just saw. Okay. Nothing worse to me. I just watched the game. What are you going to show me? And no, and no, if you're no. Gonna show me, you better show me something that I wouldn't have, you know, I've been following hockey. Show me something. I don't know. Unless there's a hit you know, like point that. Something out that wasn't on camera that you saw that you think would be interesting and informative. Unless there's a hit like that Tavares hit and you want, like, was it intentional yeah. or not? Like, that's, you know, let, let me hear from a player. Do they think but, that was right. intentional or not? But don't give me someone and say, okay, this analyst's role was to watch Matthews and Marner and pick out two highlights that would illustrate their poor play. And it's going to be our third slot in our first intermission after this and this. Man, come on. 
But Hebsy, part of the problem is, I think, is that uh, we're looking for somebody like you. Like we're looking for a Hebsy to tell it like it is and be interesting. And you're like, like Bill King said, the Howard Stern of uh, sports commentary. That's what we're looking for. And those seem like they're precisely the types of personalities that companies like Rogers Sportsnet are shedding and trying to distance mm-hmm. from because. You know, part of being interesting and saying, calling it like it is, is, uh, you know, uh, would be like, uh, not pissing off, but would be, you could potentially, you know, being insensitive to somebody somewhere because you're, you're interesting and that means saying something. So I feel like they're trying to be more milk toast and uh, bland by design. Like vanilla is safe. Yeah. Well, also, I don't think they're getting an awful lot of mail saying, I agree 100% with so-and-so. Or I disagree 100% with what so-and-so had to say. Even amongst the analysts. Like, do you think that, I don't know, do you think Anthony Stewart is looking and going, oh, what the hell is Rudy talking about? He's so full of shit, right? Or Jennifer Botter was looking at Ron McClain saying, what the heck did he just say? Was that a homophobic response? Oh, can we talk because about that now? just the look on her face when right. he said that right. thing, that if you weren't watching earlier from the earlier intermission and you hadn't seen the picture right. of Anthony Stewart and, and, and Wayne Simmons and Anthony's brother holding a bottle of rum with their shirts off, right. had you not seen that, and had you not connected that with what Ron was trying to say about Kevin Bieksa, if he didn't have a tarp on, which is a shirt, and if Jennifer Botterill wasn't aware of this conversation in advance, the look on her, and it's just a look. Right. Like I've seen stuff. Well, she's trying to figure like, out what the hell not. he's talking about. Like, well, that's hang a- on a second. Go ahead. Mike, have you ever looked at a video of yourself and gone, geez, did I really look like that? I try to avoid video gone, of myself. Oh, geez, I didn't realize I looked like that. <laughs> I have. And I'm shocked sometimes by the react by what it looks like the reaction so imagine someone looking at you going oh my god so whatever she was thinking we're reading into it just because of her look like that look could be what the hell was that homophobic comment or it could have been what or it could have been that's (laughs) odd or that's awkward (laughs) or maybe that's the way she reacts when she eats a lemon do you know what i mean i know the look alone people just freeze frame screenshot and then post it on social media look at that look it must have been since we're talking you know, about this, if I may, uh, very few people in my circle or that I follow, very, very, very few people actually had a problem with m- what McLean said. Like, it feels like I this didn't is have a problem with it. It was an inside joke. Like Maybe five people well, took offense. show the reaction of the other panelists and it makes it seem like they're uncomfortable and it's awkward. Yeah, and she did look homophobic. She did look uncomfortable. It makes it way worse than it should have been. And I think she was trying to figure out what the hell's wrong. What's the joke? Like, I think it yeah. took, it took it, this is the kind of joke when you have to explain a joke five or six times and maybe it's not a very good joke like i think the problem with mclean is that he loves his puns and he does these impromptu and you know puns and sometimes they get like uh looped in and lost and then by the time he's done it's like what the hell was the joke there so there was a lot of room for like interpretation on that joke i heard i saw some people saying oh it's an aids joke i, I, I mean come on but really ron mclean just cracked there, a fucking was, aids joke on talking like in canada got people that have a lot of followers that are lashing out. And I'm yeah. like, like, and these are, a lot of them are, I think. Shit disturbers? Ex- <laughs> no, well, in some way, but they're journalists in a lot. And a lot of ways I'm like, wait a minute, you're a journalist. Did you, did you check this for context? Right. Or did you just strictly take just, Ron's right. comment with Jennifer Botterill's reaction and right. only do that? And remember. Like, isolate that. Because if you only did that, it's pretty, it, I mean, <laughs> that, that's that's like a bait and switch. I mean, that's just right. wrong. You have to look at it from context. And and 
I'm glad I'm not on the air on the airwaves because I don't want to have to explain every right. single thing I say, right. nuance and everything. Yeah. You watched it, you either got it or you didn't. But and if you didn't get it, I'm not going to re-explain it to you. But you'll admit to make you feel better that I'm not a racist, sexist, homophobe, whatever. Right. You will admit though that was such a poorly that joke was so awkward was that there was forget the that was ridiculous when I saw people it say was it was odd. an AIDS joke. That was no chance. But you could you could make an argument that oh there's some homophobia there because is he suggesting guys with their shirts off are positive like it, it, the joke is no, stupid no, no, no i it was i agree i have no problem and with also to also don't show picture of one of your panelists in a compromising position just don't show it okay well, man like you don't you think know, they ran I, I don't a know if first? it was anthony's idea or the producer yeah, I think was they like ran a we need a shot first. of anthony wayne simmons and his brother with their shirts off and, and they and they pixelate out the bottle of rum that Wayne Simmons is holding, <laughs> right. which is, look, it's legal. You're, it's al you're allowed to drink. You're allowed yeah. to take your shirt off and house. Yeah. It's fine. Right. But I'm not sure that's something you want to bring up with your panel where mm -hmm. someone might say down the road, hey, it reminds me of that picture that you guys showed us with your shirts off. Like, come Well, on. let me just make one final make point on this. This is what I also detected because, you know, I like to analyze, like, where's the controversy, particularly when I can't, I don't think there should be one. So in this instance, I believe a lot of this is the Don Cherry fandom, right? So you have a whole whack of people who are still pissed at Ron. They think Ron McClain threw they, Don Cherry under a bus, right? So they're like... If I hear that expression, throw right, okay. under the bus again, seriously, I'm going to scream. But they don't feel... There are people, not myself, but there are people out there who feel Ron did not have Don's back. Dan, Don got screwed and they they want revenge now this is their opportunity like oh look at that that's homophobia you should be gone now too like our fired, boy don right? yes so like there's a vicious so the don like cherry fandom fired. attacked ron if you will yeah. as revenge because finally ron screwed up we got him he's out now too yeah yeah that's interesting you know you've you've really got a, a changing of the guard here like ron's the only one left right like we don't see or at least i haven't seen Scott Oak, Scott oh, yeah. Russell, right? Uh, Harry Harry Neal's, I guess, retired or he yeah. was doing Buffalo Sabres games up though. until recently. Um, Bob Cole's retired. I think Elliot's the last, the next guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elliot would be from, the, from that, yeah. So it's a real changeover. And you've added, you know, now, especially with, like you say, Mike, everyone's in their own little box. They're at home. They're, yeah. they're in a studio, but somewhere else. It's very, very different. And, and I doubt it'll ever get back to the way it was. So that's why studio shows are even more important now. And, you know, I watch, I watch inside the NBA. Mm -hmm. They got the big four and they're separated by, pl uh, you know, yeah. plastic. They're still separated, you know, um, 15 feet away from each other. It looks like 10, 15 feet away. If they can pull that off and get them all into a studio, I don't see why well, he, um, doctor, they can't do that for Hockey Night in Canada. Dr. Toronto Mike just wants to remind everybody that uh, in practice, uh, fully two fully vaccinated people are allowed to be inside together. Fully right. vaccinated people. There you go. So, but, but a lot of us are only one shot in. Because so. I think it would really change things. I mean, I'm, not that I don't like, but I'm tired of seeing Kevin BXA in his, wherever he is. I don't even know where he is. He lives in California, I'm pretty sure, right? Well, he ain't in the studio, that's for sure. He's got well, that Pearl he, Jam No, he's in California yeah, because right. his son was at, he showed a picture of his son at the, at the Hurricanes right. Um, right. Uh, Nashville game. Right. So I'm assuming his son's American and went from, not, it's not difficult to travel within the United States to get from right. California to Nashville. Anyway, other action. Speaking of Carolina, Nashville, the Hurricanes, okay, the storm surge 
although they won it in Tennessee, eliminated the Nashville Predators in overtime last night on a goal by Jacob Slavin. Uh, the Canes' 4-3 win saw them take the series in six games. Their next opponent? Ugh. Tampa. Yikes. Ooh, Tampa, good team. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> tonight, Vegas and Minnesota, Game 7 in Lost Wages. The Golden Knights once led the series three games to one. It's now 3-3. Three, three. Wow. Back to Vegas for Game 7. The Wild evening things up. And it's all or nothing tonight in Las Vegas. After that, it's only the, uh, the Leafs and Habs to settle things as the uh, winner will get uh, the well-rested Winnipeg Jets. Boston and the Islanders are set to go in their third-round matchup. A second-round matchup, rather. So that's, there's your hockey story there. In baseball, I know I said that they should leave Alec Manoa in the minors yes, for did. a couple more starts. I know I said it. I wasn't the only one. Leave him down there. There's no urgency. Guess what? There was urgency. And also, they had seen him pitch. I had only looked at the stats and seen like a couple of highlights where they edit together all the strikeouts. You know when they do that, eh? the guy strikes out 12 and they show every strikeout, you go, wow, he must have been great. You know, they don't show any of the other stuff. Right. They cherry pick. (laughs) They cherry pick, right. So you don't get a sense. You're going, ah, he's mowing down AAA hitters. Well, I got a sense when I saw, first of all, the dude is huge. 6'6 and 260, and he's a man. He's not a boy. He's not a... I, Nate Pearson still looks like a boy, even though he's older than Manoa. Nate Pearson's almost 25. He just, he seems like a kid. He's got, where Manoa's like, let's go, give me the ball. There's my mom up there. I have my 40 friends from Miami. Give me the damn ball. Just the way he's tatted up and he just looks mean. Right. Right? Unaffected at all. I know it was Yankee Stadium with only a few thousand fans, but still, man. The dude was pitching for West Virginia University a couple of years ago in Morgantown, West Virginia. You ever been there before? West Virginia is not exactly a baseball power. No, this is a ra- rapid ascent. A rapid ascent. <laughs> Meanwhile, the same day, Nate Pearson's getting his ass kicked pick, pitching in AAA as a relief pitcher. Anyway, so Manoa's 23 years old, 6'6", 250. What does he do? He goes in there and he just wipes the Yankees out. 88 pitches. Seven strikeouts, two walks, two cheesy hits, like a soft line drive and a banjo hit by Andujar. The only two hits he allows. And uh, thank you very much. Six innings, gets the W in a seven-inning game, two-nothing final score. But his mom <clears throat> was clearly the biggest star because the camera's like right off the bat. And, they, and Hazel May did a real nice interview with her in the pregame show, really nice, where you couldn't, I mean, any mom or any parent, anybody would go, I mean, look at this woman. And here's Alec Manoa saying, like, you know, I saw my mom not eat, not not eat, not have any money to have a meal just so that my brother and I could be fed. Like, I'm just, I'm crying here. I love this woman. Fantastic. And they've got shots of her, you know, she's praying and she's screaming and she's laughing and she's giggling and she's hugging everybody and she's high-fiving and she's worrying and generally having a fabulous time as her son is striking out the likes of Aaron Judge, making him look silly. First major league start, he just made Aaron Judge swing so hard that he fell to his knees. And then the next swing he took, he looked like he was chopping wood. Wow. So do we have high expectations for the kid? Now, unfortunately, we do. Sorry, Alec. You come out and you, uh, you throw a shutout against the Yankees right. and make guys look silly. We expect big things. So there you go. That's what you got. That's Way like the uh, JP Aaron Sibia debut. Now we expect MVP. 
this is different. No, this is different. JPN said, yeah, I hit a couple of home runs. That's great. But no, it was I, a big, but, big but game, pro- I remember. But go ahead. No, no yeah. but, but to project he was going to do that every game, of course not. But to think that, you know, the way he commanded himself, that if he's feeling good and he goes out there, I mean, he could he could end up being your number two immediately. You, had, oh. you know, Hyunjin Ryu is your number one. Right. Robbie Ray got his ass kicked in the in the nightcap yesterday. Maybe Manoa's going to be your number. Certainly by the end of the season, he sure looks like he could be your number one for crying out loud. Who knows? But man, he's got what it takes. That he's got some movement on that fat. You're going, wait a second. How can a major league hitter not hit a 95 mile an hour fastball down the middle? That ball's got some movement. I'm looking and going, right. that's got a a swerve to it. And the slider, his slider was working beautifully. And so he just he's the opposite of Pearson who can't command a pitch. This kid goes out there and, you know, except for the first batter, DJ LeMahieu, he walked him on four pitches and, and they were all pretty close to the strike zone. He was just overthrowing a bit. And after that, pounding the strike zone. Did a batter get to second base on him? A base runner? I don't think so. I don't think anyone got to second base. How many times did he go through? He walked two guys. But other than that, did he go three balls? Not that many counts. He was ahead. Pitched beautifully. Can't wait to see him pitch again. And in the nightcap, uh, like I said, uh, Robbie Ray, worst outing of the year. Mm. Weird that way, eh? That he would have his worst outing on the same day that Alec Manoa would have a sensational debut. Anyway, he gave up uh, five runs in four and two-thirds as the Yankees won the nightcap 5-3. And tonight, uh, Mr. Ryu goes to the mound for the Jays against Eli Morgan, the scheduled starter for the Yankees in the Bronx. See that play yesterday where Javi Baez of the Cubs hit a ground ball with two outs to the third baseman. And then when they threw to first, Baez stopped and ran back towards home plate. And instead of stepping on first, the first baseman for the Pirates, I don't know what happened. Yeah. For the third out of the inning, all he's got to do is step on the base. He decides he's going to run back with Baez to sort of tag him. I saw it. the runner who was on second base with two outs is running. Yeah. He sees what's going on. He's running, he's running, running. He decides, I'm going to try to run home. Sure. And as Baez oh. is being pushed back towards the first home down, he, in, inexplicably, the runner comes all the way to score. The first baseman tosses to the catcher, goes to tag the runner. The runner is safe at the plate, but not until Baez runs back to first base, which he does, and he finds that there's nobody covering first base. Right. The second baseman didn't think this was going to happen. The pitcher not going to cover. So he runs. And now remember, he has to be safe at first base for that run to count. Right. Yes. Right? It's the third out it of the is, inning. Right. But the out hasn't been recorded. And if he goes all the way back and to, to home plate or beyond it, he's out for running out of the baseline. Right. So... He sees what's going on. The runner at the plate is safe, but that run doesn't count until he hauls his ass to first base and is safe at first, which he is because there's nobody covering. Right. He's safe. So first. let me ask you this, Hebsy. The I, run scores. I, you know, I watched There's nobody it. covering. They throw it away. He runs the second. It was just ridiculous. Let's say you made that same uh, mental error uh, in your slow, your recreational slow pitch game. Uh, yes. Your teammates would be pissed at you. Like you'd be hearing oh, it. Like that's the, yeah. people would tell you that was the dumbest play they've ever seen. All you have to dumbest, do is run the ball benched. to first base and the innings over. Ridiculed. So is that possibly the worst baseball play you've ever seen? I would say, yes. I would say that the brain cramp of not knowing as a, as a first baseman, 
not knowing the situation and right. not knowing that you could just step on the base. Yeah, like to me, it's it's like if, I, I honestly think if my seven year old made that mistake, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't tear him a new one or anything. I'm not that kind of father, but we'd have a good heart to heart about uh, you know you got to know better, you got to be aware. That's a seven year old. I can't imagine a major league baseball player making that mistake. Like that to me, I think is the worst baseball play I've ever seen. But I don't think a seven year old would do what Javi Baez did in the first place and then have the wherewithal to run back to first base, which isn't being covered in order to ensure that he's safe and that the run counts. <laughs> Unbelievable. But other than that, and for all I know, Javi Baez, and I can't think of the name of the Pittsburgh first baseman. I should know it because he should live in infamy for that move. But um, <laughs> I, I'm wondering if Javi Baez, as he got to first went, Oh no, man, no way, man. You're not going to tag me. Cause he right. had to come off the bag to, take the throw originally like he right. wasn't right on first base he had to right. come off the bag and instead of just going back and touching the bag so Baez might have um i don't know persuaded him to come tag him maybe got in his head a little and said hey come on man tag me go ahead right you know thump me one yeah well it's a brain fart it's a brain fart yeah. Uh, but you got to know how many outs there are. Like the first baseman has to know how many outs there are. In the oh, inning. I think he knew how many outs. I just don't think he went, let's just maybe just step on the base and end the inning and go into the dugout. Okay, but a major league he, baseball player. I think he player... got caught up in the cat okay. and mouse thing. All right. With, with Baez going, no, 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 you're not going to tag me. And then he backs up and then he chases him and he keeps going backwards and he goes, okay, no, I'm going to touch you. As long as I've come this far, I have to tag you. I'll look silly if I walk back up the first baseline and touch the base. That's what it was. That's some pride right. got in the way. He says, I'm right. not going to look silly here. I'm going to get this guy. Yeah, insane. But I play. I, Mike, I can't tell you how many people <laughs> sent me the link. Like, I had seen it. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many people said, did you see this? Did you see this? Yeah. And even this morning, right. did you see this? And that, and I just love that. Okay. NBA playoffs. Uh, saw the Milwaukee Bucks go three games to none on Miami with a 113-84 win. Uh, Chris Middleton had 22 for the Bucks. Giannis chipped in with 17.17 rebounds. The Lakers took a 2-1 series lead on the Suns. 109-95 win at the Staples Center. Anthony Davis, 34 points. LeBron had 21 and 9 assists. And Denver took a 2-1 series lead on Portland with a 120-115 win. Nikola Jokic had 36 points and 11 boards for the Nuggets. Tonight, the Knicks visit the Hawks in Atlanta, and that series is tied at 1-1. The Nets look to go up 3-0 on the Celtics in Boston, and the Mavericks Ooh. look to go up 3-0 on the Clippers in Dallas. Wouldn't that be great yeah, what do you if think Kawhi of that? and the Clippers went down? They're not a good team. Like, They're not. not a, it's not, they I, weren't that, last I, year either. Right. Like I, I, I would be so shocked if the Clippers won that series. Could we get Kawhi back? He's not, he's not coming back. You know what? Yeah, it wouldn't be. You're right. That the core also, that core, we were supposed to run it back. He should have it's come true. back and we could run it back. But now the, I'm, the core I'm is gone. With Kawhi. Right. With him. If he can't yeah. bring the Clippers back against the Mavs. <laughs> you know what? Kawhi wanted to go home. Let's remember that. He went home. I don't think he really cares about all these details of where his better chance to win a championship. He wanted to go home. But he should and have speaking, chose the Lakers. He could have played with uh, AD and LeBron. And speaking <laughs> of boring, he's boring. Yeah, Let's well, say that right now. He's Kawhi's boring. boring. Yeah. 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 Kawhi, yeah. you were great player. You were boring. But he Thank speaks you. on the court, and he gave us yeah. what a wonderful yes, year we'll never forget. Uh, two more NBA series I have to mention. The Sixers and Washington. Uh, the Sixers lead the Wizards two games to none. They play Saturday at Washington. And the Utah Jazz visit Memphis 
with that series tied 1-1, that is tomorrow as well. That's the NBA story. In golf, Mike Weir shot a two under par 70. He's tied for third at the Senior PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, the play has been suspended there due to inclement weather. Could be anything. Could be tornadoes, lightning storms, heavy rain, torrential rain. Could be what we have. <laughs> if you've ever been to Oklahoma before, <laughs> wait 15 minutes for the weather to change there. Dust storms! John Steinbeck, the Grapes of Wrath. Oh, Whenever I think of Oklahoma, I think of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, what's well, um on the regular tour? It's the Charles Schwab event at the Colonial Club in Fort Worth, Texas. Sergio Garcia and Jordan Spieth tied for the first round lead after eight under par 63s. BC's Adam Hadwin tied for fifth after 67. Corey Connors is 41st. Mackenzie Hughes is 69th. Michael Gligich from Burlington is 116th. Did I say Burlington? Golf? I was at Crosswinds the other day, Mike. First time, How man, was it? it was worth the wait. Good. Beautiful. And I shot a very smooth 85. And I, That's good. I could, could not take my eyes off the scenery. And remember, it's still, like, it's not even, like, I know it's spring, uh-huh. but things are still kind of blooming. Yep. I, whether it's been late this year or just the fact that I haven't been out to golf courses because we're not allowed, I haven't noticed the, the sort of change in color and the leaves coming on the trees. The, those bare branches are gone. And even though the weather was gorgeous and warm, it's, it's still May. It's still like the, everyone's just started planting. Right. So it's really beautiful there. You got to check it out uh, from Mount Nemo to Rattlesnake Point, anywhere there along the Niagara Escarpment. It's just gorgeous. And the course is in tremendous shape. They did a great job maintaining it. People are wonderful there. Check it out. Crosswindsgolf.com. Book your tee time now. Tell them Hebsey sent you. You're going to have a good time. And other than today... Other than this moment we're speaking now, it's been an amazing golf since they opened it up. The The weather's been tremendous. So uh, crosswindsgolf.com, book your tee time. Do it. Do it, man. We're going to play. I'm playing again on Sunday there. Oh. And then the following week as well. I've, you can only book so much in advance. <laughs> I'd like to book my entire summer. Wouldn't that be great? You, you remember, we're doing this because of the remote situation. You could be live from Crosswinds uh, doing your Hebsey on Sports. We could do it someday. Yeah. That's okay. a good idea. Okay. Naomi Osaka, one of the best tennis players in the world, but also a leader when it comes to social justice and uh, awareness of the issues that surround the world today. Very um, strong young lady in many ways. But... She's done something here that I don't like her anymore now Mm. because she says she's going to skip. She made this announcement in advance of the French open, which begins this weekend. She is going to skip any and all news conferences at the French open saying the press often show no care for an athlete's mental health quote. I'm just not going to subject myself to people who doubt me Hmm. end quote. So she faces up to a $20,000 fine, which is, nothing and says she hopes the money um, because she's going to pay the fine. She wants it to go to a mental health charity. So I'm not quite sure. I understand this. You've got the mental capacity to take on the best tennis players in the world, the highest level of competition in a, in a most stressful uh, environment, championship tennis, yet you don't have the mental wherewithal or capacity to field questions from reporters who doubt your ability. Mike, what's your take on this? I'm, I don't 
I'll be honest. I don't focus on the uh, these uh, conference, these uh, press briefings or whatever. But you know what I'm talking I know, about. Exactly, but I'm curious. Are is players the tennis, have to come out? Are the tennis they have journalists to come out to talk to the press? Are the tennis journalists uh, particularly harsh? Uh, I, I I can't imagine that. Well, what the, would uh, you consider particularly? Because what harsh? does this mean? You just hang on. You've yeah. just finished a match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your obligation is, and always has been, after you go to the locker room and however much time takes place. You come into the press room, sit down at a podium, and this has been tennis for years. Every right. other sport, you could go into the locker room, you get a one-on-one interview after the game, but only in tennis for years and years and years. You're not allowed to go into the locker room. Right, right. So I, I guess what I, my thoughts initially on this is that this is extremely delicate because uh, in 2021, we, we've, we've evolved to a point where we, we don't question people's character because of mental health decisions. Like I, I hear what you're saying. Like, just go answer some damn questions. Like you're a, a public figure, you know, you're, you know, an, an athlete Like, go answer these questions. That's easy to say, but no, that's are, a prof- but, Mike, but this is a young professionalism. woman. I know, but a young you woman have sponsors, we can't depend on this. Right. Cause you're wearing their Rolex watch or yeah, but, their, but that's Yonix her problem or whatever. That's her problem. No, but the thing is she could have said, look, I don't have the mental capacity to perform in this tournament and all the things that go with it. That's, this is your chosen but, profession. Look, when Serena Williams had a meltdown, a meltdown. Yep. Okay. Did she avoid the press afterwards? No, she, it took her, I don't know what 15 minutes or whatever time it takes from the time that you have to come back. And she answered every single question she met her obligations with the media the media reports to the fans and by refusing to answer what stupid questions and saying it's bad for your mental health is a complete cop-out and i'll tell you this mike right now there is no way that novak Djokovic or roger federer or rafael nadal or even nick curios or any of these guys would say in advance of a tournament any tournament i'm not answering any questions because it's bad for my mental health because the response would be if it's so bad for your mental health how can you put yourself in a stressful situation by going center court against rafael nadal that's stress that's pressure on your mental health is it possible that the 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 woman athletes are treated differently by the press than the male athletes how so I still remember, like, I think it was Bouchard was it, made a semifinal or something. I can't remember. Made a final or something. I can't remember now. But she was asked about, like, uh, I can't remember, a boyfriend or crush or Justin Bieber or something. Like, Yeah, that Justin Bieber, that was on, um, that was courtside. That was the originating network. Okay. Uh, courtside but live. I remember at the time, uh, and I think you and I even talked about it, but I remember uh, at the time that uh, that was a question that was never going to be asked of a, of a male tennis player. Uh, in the same situation like I just wonder maybe and again also a woman of color I will just say we can't put ourselves in her mind and we cannot appreciate uh, the her mental health struggles and how the questions and answers affect that so I don't think we can sit here and judge her for this I would say she's compensated so you're okay with it then you're I, fine I, I, I don't feel I'm using, in a position to judge it she's using the excuse of of maintaining her mental health at the same time that she's going to go right after but going not out the on same the court thing. with the chance of getting your ass kicked in. Okay, but maybe okay? she... How mentally... Look, Mike, yeah. don't... I <laughs> I know enough about mental health. I've lived with it, yeah. okay? I lived with people that suffer from it. Okay. I understand that there are certain things you cannot do, 
right? You just uh, you you it's can't. It's not a one size fits all, right? Like do. it's uh, not a one and size fits all. I can tell all. you this for a fact, yep. Mike. Go ahead. If you've got what it takes to go out on center court and battle the best in the world in a highly stressful, mentally, you have to be mentally tough. You can't come 15 minutes later and say, I don't want to answer these questions because it's going to affect my mental health. You can't. Hebsy man. It's possible that she can do that without the noise around it. Like maybe she Sorry, needs Mike. to cancel that noise in order to actually focus and compete on the court. Sorry, Mike. If that's the case, don't enter the tournament. Because part of playing championship tennis is you've got to talk to people afterwards to tell them how you feel. Even if you say, I'm not going to answer that question because that bothers me and I prefer not to, but I will talk about tennis. At least have the courtesy to say, give me your questions. If I don't want to answer it, I'm not going to answer it. Because that's normally what happens. Mike, any athlete that's being, or coach that's being interviewed has the right to not answer the question, has the right to say, that's it, I'm leaving, John Tortorella, whatever. But I've yet to hear anyone, and I can tell you right now, if any man did this, if any man said, okay, white man, black man, I don't care, any man said, I'm not going to do any interviews at the French Open because uh, it affects my mental health negatively. They would, they would be castigated. They would be hung up to dry. What are you talking a about? A lot of people are hanging You've got up. what it takes uh, to get out there. You're hanging her up to dry, dry right now. Questions? Like right Mike, now you're attacking nonsense. her. You're attacking her character right now. And all I am to say is I'm I cannot. I'm not attacking her character. I'm attacking her professionalism. She's not being a professional. And I'm here to say that it's entirely possible, in fact, plausible that the male tennis players are treated very differently by the press than the female. You tell player. me, give me an example. Are you telling me that it's okay to say, hey, so-and-so could lose a few pounds out there. That guy is really struggling. Uh, and by the way, they say it looks out of condition. Now, are you telling me you can get away with saying that about a female tennis player? No way, Mike. No way. Could anyone in two, no way could you say, huh, so-and-so looks a little out of shape there. Not even hinting at it. You would be, you'd be hung up to dry on social media. You would. Okay, Gene Valaitis brings me I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to let Gene Valaitis tell you He looks out of so. shape. She looks out of shape. Whoa, what are you saying? You're saying I'm overweight? Okay, question for you, that. You Hebsey, can't talk about someone's appearance. Question for you from Mr. Valaitis here. He says, did you see the interview that caused her to refuse more interviews? Gene says, I did. I don't blame her. It wasn't an interview. It was part of a press conference where you're listening to a disembodied voice from somewhere on Zoom, right? And you could have easily said, I don't want to answer that question. You could say, you could call the reporter out and say, that's a stupid question. But here's the biggest problem, Mike, mm -hmm. is she doesn't want to answer questions about the Olympics in Japan. She doesn't want to have to go through all of this. This is a big problem because they feel that since her and Matsuyama, the golfer who just won the Masters, are the biggest stars in Japan, that their opinion matters about the, whether the Olympic Games should go on or not. This is a huge controversy. This is also, it's not just people saying stuff. This is part of the mental health. This is, tell us what you think. She, she probably can't win. If she says they should hold them, people are going to be on her case. If they, she says they should cancel them, people are going to be on her case. So if that's the case, just say, 
I won't answer any questions about the Japan Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. I'll only answer questions about about the match. Okay. Yeah, but you're assuming you're a lot it. of things here, Hebsy. Like the other one, Mike, yeah. is is she going to refuse the interview on court when the match is over, which is the the network which pays a lot of money for that. And what do you say to the fans? Well, by the way, Natalie, uh, um, Naomi is not answering any questions here at the French Open. Hebsy, do you think Thank any you fan much. cares about these pressers? I'm curious because I'm just reading the comments. I personally don't follow this stuff that closely, but I do it's know that... not the point, Mike. It's oh, not the okay, point. Okay, but KM Listen, says, what's happening to journalism? Are bathroom what's time. happening to journalism? <laughs> it's going down the tubes. Why? Because people are refusing to answer questions and be accountable. But is it her right or not? She could, That's look, my question She to could you. say, look, I'm going to produce... A, here's my response. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to answer the question, ask the questions. I will give you a printed um, co- um, comment... <laughs> Here's my comments, right. right? Here's my statement after the match. Is this is this really this is what journalism has come down to that you're going to allow people to just get away with not being accountable for themselves, right? And I think that's wrong and I think it's unprofessional. And I value your awesome opinion there, but I do I would just say that uh if this is her right to not you know, subject yourself to those uh, pressers, then she's well within her right to not do that. And I say, uh, who am I to judge her decision? I'm not in her mindset. Uh, and, you know, I, I personally am not judging her for it. She should be fined way more than $20,000 for this. And and I'll tell you what. You're tough if I'm there, another player, tough. I'm going, well, if she doesn't have to answer questions, I don't have to answer questions. But that's and true. Pretty soon it's going to be, hey, look, and all the other sports too, and I believe it's an obligation through the Players Association with – with these other sports, team sports, where you have to, you got to do it. Part of your contract. Oh, it's in the CBA. But there's no players association with the tennis players. Right. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, if Naomi doesn't want to bother with that bullshit, then good on her, man. Why do you say it's bullshit? Well, she thinks it's bullshit or she would participate. Do you think it's bullshit? Do you think I've never watched a tennis presser in my life? Do you have to answer questions or do you think that you should be given a pass no matter what? I love what happens between the lines. So I like to watch what happens on the court. I don't think I've ever given a shit about uh, what people said in a presser. I mean, the only time we pay attention is when they go south and somebody has a temper tantrum or something. So like I said, Serena Williams had a temper tantrum and still met her obligations. And as painful as it was, and I'm sure it was painful. And I'm sure that there was a lot of stress and, and, you know, her mental condition was not great. You could see that it wasn't when she had her meltdown, yet she still came out and answered questions like a professional. <laughs> now, yeah. speaking of which, yes. and again, not picking on women specifically, but bit. Bianca Andreescu yeah. withdrew from the tournament earlier this week in Strasbourg mm-hmm. after winning her match, okay, right. and advancing to the quarterfinals. Right. She withdrew, citing an abdominal injury. However, she's in the draw for the French Open and is scheduled to play her first round match on Sunday. She's right. the number six seed. Right. Here's what Bianca had to say the other day after winning her match and then promptly withdrawing. Quote, I'm super happy with the win today. I will be pulling out of my next match because I did feel a little bit of an ab tear and I don't want to push it at all for Roland Garros. Right. End quote. Makes sense to me. Has suffered a number of injuries and illnesses, Mike, which have been well documented. But in case you've forgotten, let me stir your memory. Because in the last 18 months, she, well, just retired the other day, withdrew, but also retired, uh, injured in the Miami Open final against world number one Ash Barty in the final. 
also pulled out of the Madrid Open after she announced she had tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, there's others where she's pulled out of the match. You know, she played, I think she sat out more than she played. And when she came back, she looked great. And then she got hurt again. Now she's hurt again. Now she didn't want to tear her ab, but she is in the draw for the French Open. Now, some fans think this is also being unprofessional by entering tournaments and then withdrawing. For example, Roger on Twitter says, quote, shameful. Get fit and get in condition before signing up to play tournaments. Now. So is that, that Roger Federer? Sense. Which Roger is that? That makes sense to me. Right. Shameful. Get fit and in condition before signing up to tournaments. So it also screws up the, the tournament draw because it's like, oh, she just won, but she withdrew. She's won like 6-1, six, 6-1. One, six, one. But she withdrew, which kind of screws things up because now the quarterfinal is a walkover for her opponent who doesn't get a match in before the next one. It's also not good for the crowds who might be paid money to see Bianca Andreescu play. Hebsy, you have to advocate for yourself. Okay, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a tough world out there and the Bianca's got to look out for Bianca. If she felt like in, she needed to preserve herself for the tournament that matters more to her and to fans, by the way, you know, that's, again, that's her right. Like, I, I don't, I don't have these uh, these scathing judgments of these decisions that these uh, women athletes are. I don't like uh, someone who wins and withdraws. Tennis is a very much a. I don't like that. Don't like that. You won and you withdraw. But how do you know what she's feeling? Then go down in in your uh, match, then lose the match, tank the match, and say my knee's hurting or my abs bothering me, and then that might be a little more palpable. Anyway, (laughs) that's my call. That's what I think. I know people tune in to hear what you think and they don't particularly uh, care. I just don't like that. I I just think it's unprofessional, man. If I'm a fan, I'm like, come on. But how do you know what she's feeling? I'm invested in you. I watch, I follow. Okay. I want you to do well, but I don't like this bullshit. But here's my thing. These two athletes that you're criticizing here in tennis here, Naomi and Bianca, how, like, who are you to know what they're feeling both mentally and physically? Like it doesn't matter. What do you mean? If you're not up to it, don't enter the tournament. Cause you're suggesting they're my point. Okay. But that's my entire point. Maybe this is what you get. You want, you want to play professional high level tennis. This is what you get. Hey, Mike, go read Andre Agassi's book. He hated tennis. Yeah. Cause his dad, his dad made him hate tennis. Hated it. (laughs) Hated right, it. Right. His dad right? threw that silver now, medal in the garbage. If you hate tennis, take another profession. If the press conferences are driving you crazy, literally, and m- your mental state is that fragile, get out of the game. Heavy. If your physical state is that fragile, do something else. I, but don't drag me along. I want to be invested in someone that, that there's some consistency there. If you're having issues, like most people, get help. Most of us only care what happens on the court. Hey, man, listen, you know, <laughs> if, if this becomes the most convenient excuse for anybody, I don't, I don't want someone answer, asking me a question and not believing in me. You know, hey, what happened there at three, six, when you double faulted, you look like, well, are you doubting me? Are you, is that what's going to happen? You can only ask me good questions. You can only, you can't ask me anything that, you know, might affect me. Hey, listen. Like I said before, if you're that tough that you can play championship tennis against Serena Williams, right? If you can do that, then you can certainly, you know, answer some questions. Okay, you need to answer a question right now, Hebsey. Can we get a very brief Otis update? Like, have you had any visitations? I have not seen Otis in over a week. Saw him on the port. I saw him walking through the parking lot across the street from me. 
And like, I called his name and he looked up for half a second and then just kept walking. He's gone, man. He lives. How do you feel away. about that? Like in your heart? I'm fine with it. Had you not mentioned it, I'd be fine. Now I'm tearing up a bit. No, I haven't. Okay. Not Cause uh, Gene wanted the Otis update. So I thought I'd change the yeah, channel. Otis, not man. Otis is a neighborhood cat. He's uh, he's not my cat anymore. And if someone says, Hey, is that your cat? I just saw it says used to be my cat. Well, Hebsey man, next time you see Otis, try a little tenderness. If I can get near him. I can't even get near the cat. Okay, finally, the fan that dumped popcorn on Washington Wizards guard Russell Westbrook at the end of Wednesday's playoff game against the Philadelphia 76ers will be banned from all events at Wells Fargo Center immediately. Oh, indefinitely. Uh, The Sixers added that the fan will, quote, have his season ticket membership revoked. Now, Mike, I saw the play. Yeah. We're talking about dumping popcorn on a player. Which you should not do. Which really, when you think about it, you could take an eye out with one of those loose kernels. Probably the most dangerous thing that a fan could do to anyone is to dump popcorn on them. So I can see how, how you know, he, Russell Westbrook would go wild <laughs> the, in the, disrespecting me that way. And, and I mean, listen, you could dump a beer on me. That wouldn't bother me at all. Okay, it's liquid. Coke on me. You can hit me with a bottle. <laughs> But popcorn, You're on fire today. you could take a fucking eye out with that thing. <laughs> and so that's why he went wild. So I have to tell you this, Mike, in all honesty, you know, revoking this guy's season tickets and banning him indefinitely from the Wells Fargo Center for any event at all is a pretty harsh, you know, um, um, sentence for pouring popcorn that's Hebsy. that's what teoscar Te- hernandez used to do when a blue jay hit a home run he used to dump oh, oh sorry sunflower that was consensual on. i think and those can hurt a lot more than a pop i know you're having fun with this because it does sound like a funny thing i'm but not having a, fun with it it's, it's a precedent told, right you Mike, can't allow the dump dump popcorn on yeah. russell westbrook's head should i deserve to have be banned for life Popcorn, because it's pre- you can't allow the popcorn. popcorn dumping because it's practice. It's practice, but the next thing you know, you're throwing a beer can at the. Uh, no, 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 no. That's my point. The guy wasn't stupid enough to throw a beer can because that right. would have got him. That would have got him suspended. For I think life he's actually a listener charged. of the beer can thrower. Is actually a listener of your program, Mike. It's pot. He's so upset. He's he he's <laughs> he's dumping popcorn on his head, and so here's Russell Westbrook going. Did somebody just? What's that in my hair? Come on, man. That uh, th- that Mike, butter gets in the eyes and it fucks up your game. too harsh. Way too harsh <laughs> of a punishment. Yeah. Tyler's for, right. The Philly fans pop. put batteries in their popcorn. Okay, Right. <laughs> when you think of outfielders who got hit with batteries or, or who right. knows what else, uh, anything that they give out, you know, that's why they don't give out <laughs> stuff at the arenas before the game anymore because right. you'll throw it at the players are on uh, the ice. And no more Catelli bad day. That Catelli bad day Remember would be that? dangerous today. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, Mike, I, I'm 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 serious here. I know the fans should not have done it. Right, but man, it's it's popcorn. Come on, come on, man, come on. You you got to let him back in the building someday. Come Shout on. out to Allen Iverson. <laughs> okay, that's it. Episode two thirty four of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks so much for listening. Woo! Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. And listen to his excellent podcast. It's really good. He's got some great guests. Also, big thanks to Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington for being our sponsor all this time. All 234. Well, not all of them because sometimes in the winter. No, but anyway. Half you know of them. Half of them. At least. Uh, check out crosswindsgolf.com to book your tee off time, your tee time. And don't forget, manscaped.com. 
for their Lawnmower 4.0. Me and Mike both love it. You will too. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code HEBSY, H-E-B-S-Y, at checkout to get 20% off. And you'll be helping out the small independent podcast compete with the big media conglomerates. Right. Okay, like Mike and I don't have a chance against those big Rogers at Bell and those big, but I think we do. Fuck Rogers, fuck Bell, long live Hebsey. Thanks. And uh, thank you for listening and for allowing us into your headspace. We know it's important to you. Um, Back with another episode next week. Fingers crossed. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.